We know employees dread employee reviews, but I'm pretty sure it's widely accepted that employers and bosses dislike them as well. We've both recently been through ours, and the modifications we've made along the way have taken the hand-wringing out of them a little. Hang out with us while we talk about some of the tactics we use to keep the meetings stress-free. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Jen Estel. And I'm Karen Steffel. Managing creativity in business? We probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. Before we jump into this beautiful cocktail, though, I want to ask you, how do you know when you've officially grown up as a podcast? Well, maybe because you record your first ever live show. That's true. On Friday, September 6th, we'll be recording live from Arts Night Out in Lansing, Michigan. If you're in town, you can find us perched in the window at Bad Annie's, a gift shop featuring sweary goods and old town starting at 6 p.m. And for our long-distance listeners, we'll be posting the full show right here, so stay tuned and make sure you're subscribed. Come listen to us talk about contributing in the community in ways other than recording a live podcast, of course. And ask us about our podcast, cocktails, life during our Q&A, whatever you'd like to talk about. See you there. But for real, let's talk about the Phoenix. Let's talk. Get it? You burn it down. Yeah, I I love it. (laughs) That's funny for me. This is a simple whiskey drink with a little bit of sweetness, and I was so surprised by it. And just like an employee review, it delivers some bitterness when needed, but packs in some sweetness to round it out. It's got some honey in it, which is kind of cool, a basil garnish, and my very favorite bit is the Prosecco in bourbon, which I haven't ever done before. I haven't either, but like the basil has this really fresh smell that kind of makes it all work together. We love it. It's the um, it's Old Forester Statesman Bourbon Whiskey. And Prosecco. And Prosecco. You're welcome, people. <laughs> You're welcome. Keep listening. We will bring you amazing things. Oh, my goodness. So this is the, actually this topic started at one of our lunches with um, a fellow entrepreneur who ha- was in the throes of employee reviews, and she was kind of frustrated by it. I also think that we ha- that is where the podcast idea came from. But you and I have been talking about employee reviews for years, frankly. And, you know, it's, it's something, here's what I'm going to say. It's something that is required to do from a formality standpoint. You want to make sure that you have these touch points and that you're documenting your conversation. And it's like what you want to do and what you want to say is never... I think, especially as a young entrepreneur, not really how it works out. So I'll tell you what I used to do. What did you used to do? It was fear-based. It was fear-based. So I bought, you know, like a pack of paper and I had forms that would fill out and it would guide me through this conversation. I would provide feedback in like 15 areas and it was a good guide. It was helpful. It was a good guide in that it, it was pretty comprehensive, but it wasn't written for creatives. It wasn't written for our business. And so it really was checking boxes and it was giving good feedback, but it was never, it was never substantial enough because it was, if, if there was ever a real issue along the way in between those 12 months, I was having that conversation anyway. In our heyday of, um, what I would call the wrong path of employee reviews, we had a document that was probably six or eight pages long. Shit. It was crazy. And we did 360 reviews so your peers were reviewing you, and we were trying to compile that into a document. And it was a nightmare. It was uncomfortable. It was difficult. And it was so extra, considering the fact that we are under 10 people. Right. And um, it was terrible, and I dreaded it every time. No employee felt good about it. And the day I threw that in the trash, I felt great. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, you know, the whole, the whole idea of employer reviews is to provide feedback that and you and I have talked for so long about how much both of us enjoy cultivating talent. We really enjoy giving people the space to grow, explore themselves, try new things. And so it's almost like, how come the employee review thing falls so short of fostering the spirit of what we want? Yeah, I think part of how come, and there's, I think there's a lot of answers to that question. I think one of them is we all live in a world where big corporate America does big corporate things. And of course, we look to corporate America and big businesses to say, how have you become successful? What are your processes? Oh, I should do those things too. Right. And in a large organization where you have layers of management and vast quantities of people, a formal, very programmatic review is, is kind of critical. Right. Right. Um, there might not be that day to day opportunity for a manager to really interact with their person or you have an HR department that demands that we have certain things written down and categorized, et cetera. So I went through the mistake of thinking that's how they were supposed to be. Right. And it's not not necessarily that way for somebody our size. Absolutely not. I think if you're if your day to day interactions are fairly personal and you know on a personal level, you know, what projects they're working on on the weekends and what, you know, if you know what some of their personal goals are and what their personal involvements are, then you ought to be at that level for their professional reviews as well. Cause you're already in the day to day. Right. Well, and we have a, we have a colleague who said she was doing weekly sit downs with her staff and it was getting exhausting. And, and I think both of our jaws dropped on the table. Yeah. There's no way I would do weekly sit downs with everybody because I, I talk to them every single day on all of our projects. Yes. If I can't uncover what's happening in the normal business operation on a weekly basis, I'm doing something wrong. Right. And it's not that she was doing something right. wrong. It's just that peop, it was it was a habit that hadn't died as she scaled. Right. So it was something where she had three people originally that were all working remote. And so she was having weekly sit downs um, because that was required. And so as she scaled, she never gave that up. And then people didn't want to let go of that time that you had. Right. And so she was feeling trapped. She was. And then on the flip side of it is that yearly review where you have 47 pages of checkboxes, um, which feels programmatic and very impersonal. So for each business, there's something really there's a sweet spot, I suppose, mm -hmm. for each kind of business. Yeah. And I've actually adapted my process based on um, things I've learned from you. So why don't you first talk about what you now do? Oh, right now our super effective method is every three months is lunch, coffee, or drinks. And I let, I let each employee pick their space and time of day. And we just get together and we talk about some things. And they can bring concerns that they have, or I can bring concerns that I have. We talk about their growth, what they've liked, where they've felt successful, where they want to do more. And so we, every three months, have a good hour of sit down and just talk it out. Um, I've found that both employees come with topics they want to discuss, and I have topics I want to discuss. But that's more about employee growth and nurturing and understanding where their careers are going to go. The day-to-day -day things don't. I don't save that stuff up. We we will have those conversations in two different ways. Um, first of all, when you wrap up a project, there's always Monday morning quarterbacking. How could we have done that differently? What was I missing? What was difficult? And those conversations really are just a, just as much about getting the project right as getting the work space right for an employee. Right. And if we see something misstep, 
you just talk about it right then and get it out of the way. Yeah. How about you? So we have adapted our process based on exactly what you just said. I'm doing it every four months because I think three times a year is going to fit my schedule a little bit better. If I say four times a year, I'm going to make it three times a year. So I'm just going to make it three times a year. We've just only done round one of that. So we're new to it. But I think in general, the feedback has been very positive and, um, some people opted for, you know, coffee or a beer, but we also took a walk. That was one of the options too. And I feel like, you know, you can kind of creatively walk shoulder to shoulder with somebody. Um, so again, giving employees the opportunity to choose something that fits their style or time of day when they feel fresh. Um, I think that's an important component, but again, I agree with you. I think if there's a, a concern to be addressed, that's, you don't wait two or three, you know, three, four months for that. You address it kind of in the moment, week's end, project end. Um, but it does give people the opportunity to express what's next or, oh, I'd really like to try this on this next project. And so you're meeting more frequently, giving them the opportunity to not save it up for this big annual buildup that seems just, you know, it, like we said in the intro, it's like this hand-wringing, right? Yeah, it's for everybody. To me, that feels like the equivalent of standardized testing for kids in school. It feels like a test and like you could do it wrong. And an employee review should never feel like there's a wrong answer, right? Right, absolutely. Because each employee is different. Each um, growth pattern is different and every expectation should be customized. So building a process in which somebody feels like they could be in trouble or do it wrong somehow mm -hmm. seems really counterintuitive. Maybe that's just my field or being an entrepreneur in a small business, but oh, I hated our form. Well, and, or if, on the flip side, if you're dealing with things throughout the year where it's like, oh man, we really forgot to QC that process. Or if you're dealing with like the little things that just happen in the course of business throughout the year, and then you have a, a 12 month sit down where you're like, okay, cool. Thanks for all the things. High five. Then it seems like there's this big buildup for not much of a, you know, right. Quantitative conversation right. or, you know, so the flip side is that it's not even punitive. You, you can build it up like it's being punitive and you just high five and say thanks. And then that's weird too. That is weird too. Let me ask you this question. Um, and this is always one, this is one that we go over with our new employees, but you are the boss. And if you have an employee who has a problem with you, what's their process? Yeah. So I think you and I've had this conversation. I'm not sure if we've ever put it in a, well, we have put it in a podcast before. You know, I always say that my door is open and, and I truly mean it. It's very rare that my door is ever closed unless I just say, hey guys, I'm doing some focus time. And I try to explain why my door is closed if it's closed so that it doesn't feel odd, like I'm angry or something. Sure. But it's very rare that it's closed. And I always say that my door is open. And um, I worry sometimes that it's not taken at face value, that really if you needed something, whether it's I'm struggling in my life, I'm struggling with my job, I'm not sure what our last interaction really meant that confused me. I, I worry that while my door is open, that it doesn't feel open. Sure. And, and I genuinely mean it. Well, I think it's got to be scary for an employee to approach the boss and critique or ask for something or make an uncomfortable observation. It's, no. it's got to be difficult, right? Yeah. But I, I absolutely believe that there's no, there's nothing that can't be solved in having a conversation. It doesn't mean that it has to be easy. Right. It can be hard. It can be uncomfortable. But I don't think that there's anything that can't be solved in communication. No, I, I agree with you. And the thing that I, that I notice is 
the, the catch about being an entrepreneur, especially when you've been doing it for a few years, is you get in this bubble where you, I don't know what the rest of the world is doing, right? Unless I'm really out there researching or asking my cohort, which is you, which is why we have the podcast, <laughs> like, how do you do this? What is normal? Yeah. You can get in your own head in a weird way. And I really am thankful when I have an employee who says, yeah, you did that wrong, or that came out really strange, so that because I need that check and balance, like, oh, oh, you're right. Wait, how should I have done it? So in some ways, I really love that feedback when it does come. I do too. If somebody has the time or, and the wherewithal to give it, and it really is just like any relationship. It's um, whether it's your, you know, your significant other, or or any other trusted relationship. That when somebody is able, even if it's a hard conversation, and you get to the point where maybe you don't see eye to eye, but you've been able to have a conversation where you respect each other's point of view, which maybe is starting to become a lost art. Maybe. But it absolutely is so valuable and kind of magical when it happens. It's like, I totally understand your point of view and where that came from. And I'm not in the same place, but I'm so glad you shared that with me. Like, that's a really, really valuable and respectful place to come from. And I feel like people can be very satisfied even when you don't agree, um, if you're able to create that space. And so um, the worst thing that I could ever do is if, if an employee or a team member asks me, why do we do that? And I don't have an answer to that question, then we aren't doing it right. Yeah. Let me ask you this question too. So I'm guessing there are some small businesses out there that really don't do any sort of employee review or think about these things at all. Um, I'm guessing that based on some feedback I've heard from people who work elsewhere and just understanding that as an entrepreneur, sometimes things fall off. What would the ramifications be for not having a feedback loop between an employer and an employee? That's a really, really great, that's a great question. So first of all, my philosophy always is if there's something left unsaid, positive or negative, if there's something left unsaid in the gap, the two parties involved backfill with their own story, what's missing. And usually it's not in the favor of the other person, right? And so you're always going to have this kind of, uh, overlap of very awkward misinformation, right? You make it up. And so I think that's the the first thing that happens. And then based on that, I think she meant blue and I thought it was green and now we're this weird color. Like it just, it's based on that, you make all your other decisions based on misinformation. I think the other thing that can happen is that um, you're not doing continuous improvement I think then um, as an employer, you're not allowing people to grow and validating um, people's skills or coaching them in the direction of their goals. But then on the other hand, if you're not providing feedback, you're not then also providing appreciation and gratitude. And I think people, we all thrive when we know that we're valued. We thrive. It's like sunshine. I feel like gratitude is sunshine. And we just kind of grow in the direction of of when people appreciate us and we work hard when we feel appreciated. I mean, that's true as parents, right? It's true, true as in our volunteer pursuits and it's true in our, uh, the time in our offices where we spend so much time working with each other. So I think there's a lot of at risk if you're not providing feedback. So in our offices, we need good feedback and some natural light. Is that what you're telling me? Mm-hmm. And I think, um, anytime you're going to get to a level of mastery, it requires feedback to get there. That's true. I think too, when you do an employee review, there's, it's obviously a two way conversation mm-hmm. and it's a great opportunity for an employer to sort of revisit the vision and where the company is going and what our opportunities are and where growth could happen. 
And that gives an employee a sense of purpose. It gives them an, a window into the security that they might have in their job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we have a plan and we are going to grow this way and our new clients might look like that. So that, um, that level of comfort from having a window into what's happening in an employer's brain. And as a mentor too, it's such a great opportunity to say to a to an employee, I'm seeing a whole bunch of this skill in you and an opportunity for you to maybe grow in this way. Are you interested in that? And maybe uncover, and I know you've talked about this before with some of your employees, seeing skills that employees don't really articulate as having or they haven't seen in themselves. So I've found that employee reviews are a great space to sort of help someone career plan and figure out what their space is going to look like as they grow. Yeah, absolutely. It's like an uh a little window opening, right? Yeah. And they can choose to jump through or not. They can say whether they're eager or ready or confident or whatever those things are. But then sometimes they need that validation to say, oh, somebody else sees it in me. Right. The the little conversation in the back of my head has value. Isn't that funny? Maybe employee reviews aren't that bad after all. I feel like maybe we shouldn't be so scared. <laughs> I do know that the terrible long form and the year long format did not work for me. And I don't think I could do a weekly sit down because I don't have that kind of time. I also don't know how you would keep that conversation fresh. Right. Unless you were being very tactical about the day to day. Right. I just don't know how you would keep that fresh when you're thinking of it as a review. Because the tactical day to day is happening in the pro- at the project level, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the message here is they are a requirement for an effective workplace. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear from employees at, about what you guys think. If there's someone out here who's been sort of in the employee end, I'd love to hear what you like and what you don't like. And other employers, if you have great ideas about a perfect way to run an employee review system, gosh, reach out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I adopted your method and tweaked it just slightly for, for my style. Uh, but if there are other ideas out there that is that are working really well, I would like to hear about them as well. Where can they find us, Karen? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Easy Underground or on our website, thespeakeasypodcast.com. Speaking of some of those processes that make businesses run really well, I'm really looking forward to our next episode. Tell me what's happening. We've both said that if we weren't business owners in creative services, our skills would still translate to other fields. And the same is true of our friend Liz Weston, who is our next guest. Yes, she brings her no-nonsense MBA to a touchy-feely industry where you'd least expect it, while still having an insider's look on the next generation of working women. She's a powerhouse, and we cannot wait to talk to her. Please join us next time.